I pretty much brainwashed Will into thinking that this was a good idea. We took a road trip and we lived out of our rental car. And like when we got home, I was just obsessed with the idea of selling all of our stuff, <laughs> living in the van. And Will was not about it, but I never gave up on my dream. And then one day, Will, he was like, I have this idea. What if we just like buy a bus and convert it into a house? And I was like, yeah, that's a great idea. So Kristen wanted a tiny house. The, the tiny house wasn't realistic. And so I like the bus route. And that was our compromise. That was our compromise. And this is season three of the Rewilding Parenthood podcast. We have families on the road. And this week we're highlighting number one bus who have been on the road this past year, more or less the same amount of time that we have. And Will and Kristen and their daughter, Rome, just had an incredible experience so far and have just an amazing bus for their family of three. I think the Blue Jay 28 foot is really, I think there's this 28 or 31, is really, um, it, it's just an incredible setup. And these guys have really made it their own. Will and Kristen are both digital media specialists. Will does a lot of editing and videography, which you can check out on their YouTube channel, which is always full of helpful tips and really illustrates how they live on the road and Kristen does a ton of blogging and obviously is a big part of the YouTube channel as well so really excited to have these guys this week we just talked to well we talked to both of them as they were up in Nova Scotia last summer but you know it really gives you a sense of what life on a schoolie is like how to manage the work and you know some of the benefits of leading this lifestyle so I know these guys are back on the road now they're heading out west with their eyes set on heading up to Alaska this summer so keep an eye out for number one bus and I hope you enjoy the show this week hey Will yo how you doing good where are you guys at right now we are in Bend Oregon oh nice how about you? Uh, we actually just made it down to New Jersey. How did you find Canada? We, we were also up on in Canada on Vancouver Island for three weeks, and it felt a bit yeah. jarring crossing the border again back into the States. I know, I know, right? It's funny. It's always like there's all those like crazy. It's so crazy to me that like, for example, like CBD is so illegal there, but it's like the vice versa going across the border now because that was what we got hammered on, like CBD versus marijuana, which is so funny. But no, it was great. Like we had, we love Canada. I mean, we had such a good time up in Nova Scotia. We met so many rad people. And of course, like after we left, we really like a lot of people reached out to us after we left. And that's always how it works. So. Right. To, to say, come and stay at my farm or I've got a thousand acres on the Cape Breton. Come and stay as long as you want. I know, right? We did actually a phone interview with uh, CBC News. Or, and they did like a huge write-up on us, which was actually like, it, it did really well for us. But we got we got to meet a lot of people through that. And unfortunately, that's where I'm like, dang, I wish we were still up in that area. Because uh, that's probably one of our favorite places we've ever been. And I saw you posted that photo of Meat Cove the other day. That's like, we camped out there for like two days, not even on Meat Cove, but just off the side of the road right there. Because Meat Cove was taken and we actually got a better spot off the dirt road going in. Nice. Well, Meat Cove would have been super challenging for the bus. It's just like this big, it would have been terrifying to sleep there i imagine yeah no we oh we made it all the way out to the end we got the chowder at the end and and hung out there but no we actually just ended up camping on the side of the road on the way back out but yeah you talk about them putting the bus to the test of uh hills 
and dirt roads and vibrating to see if anything falls off. That was the uh, that was a pretty good test. Yeah, for sure. And how about um, the map I sent? Did you check out Dingwall? Uh, that that beach kind of right. I don't know, maybe fifty miles before Mead Cove. We went to I think one of those. I think that's what it was, Kristen, wasn't it? We didn't stop at Ingonosh. Oh, in, yeah, we didn't we stop at Ingonosh. We drove through Ingonosh then. Yeah. Hey, Kristen, how are you? Hey, good. How are you doing? Good. Nice to talk to you. I feel like I don't I can't remember if we talked in the past or not. Yeah, I don't think. Oh, yeah, she wasn't at the Georgia. She wasn't at the Macon one. Yeah, that was just me and my dad. Yes, we haven't actually met Colin. We'll just have to plan another meetup sometime. Yeah, come take a break down in Mexico. Yeah. I know, right? I know Kristen's on it for sure. So that's like that's where we want to go too. So you guys speak Spanish? My wife's from Argentina, so she's got that dialed and this is the ultimate test for me to get my spanish sorted <laughs> if i'm not speaking right, spanish well, okay. by like this time next year you can just like punch me in the stomach <laughs> oh that's hilarious um all right yeah i don't know if you've you've heard any, any of the podcasts but yeah super excited to talk to you guys and you know really want to get to know you know what drove you to this decision and then like how it's played out and anything you've learned so far as a means to inspire other people if they're considering this type of lifestyle how they might go about it and like why they why they might go about it well i'll let kristen jump into that because she's kind of the one that started this whole process um so let's see how we made the decision is i pretty much brainwashed will into thinking that this was a good idea we took a road trip in 2015 up California coast and we lived out of our rental car and like when we got home I was just obsessed with the idea of selling all of our stuff <laughs> living in the van and Will was not about it he was like that's not realistic we had too much stuff what are we going to do with all of our stuff and we both had jobs at the time that we had to go to nine to five and all that fun stuff but I never gave up on my dream so I would just keep on dropping little hints like when we were looking to buy a house we'd be like well we could just buy it a van and convert it into a house and we started traveling a lot for work and we started both being able to work from home and when we would get back to our house we kind of realized that the only thing we really missed was our dog and our bed and we didn't have a baby at that time and then one day Will was working on a really big project and he came in the room he was all stressed out and he was like I have this idea what if when I'm done with this video project we just like buy a bus and convert it into a house <laughs> and I was like yeah, that's a great idea. We should totally do that. So, so to back that up, though, Kristen wasn't on the whole bus team exactly. She wanted a tiny house. Sorry, I wanted a van. A van and a tiny house. But this the, the tiny house wasn't realistic because I was like, we're going to buy this trailer and build out this house. Then you got to buy a $50,000 truck. And so I like the, the bus route. And... That was our compromise, and here we are. And so, can you tell me a little bit more about like what the other options were for you guys? I, I imagine you were probably late twenties, thinking about having a family, so you you wanted a more stable household. I'd imagine, right? Well, so we actually, funny enough, just plan on not having kids and just traveling and kind of doing our own thing and and whatnot. And we when we actually bought the bus. We actually planned on just not having kids. And then once we actually started building out the first piece of the inside of the bus, found out that 
we're having a kid. Yeah, Rome's bed area originally was for our dog. Yeah. So, <laughs> now he has to sleep in the bed with us, so Rome has their own sleep area. But to back that up is we were trying to buy a house, and I have my own business. So in Florida, you have to have that business established for at least a minimum of two years. It doesn't matter how much income you can show or prove. You have to, it has to be established for two years to even get like a loan on a house. And so we couldn't really get approved without putting, you know, like 50% of the positive the house down. Um, so that's really, that was a huge turnoff for us to not buy a house. And then that's when we really started looking for, you know, a bus and like, hey, let's just do this. And then we'll just figure it out in the long I run. I think we picked the bus because we have a big, a bigger dog. And so we wanted that space for him too. But it's definitely, there are families in vans and there are families in buses. And we've had a family with five kids in a bus. So it's just a matter of if you really want to do it, you'll figure out what works for you and you'll make it work. Yeah, exactly. I, I, I recommend school buses to families all the time that meet us and are curious and, and really want to test this lifestyle out. And because of all, you know, people like you and everybody we've met living in school buses and the price of them and availability in the States, I recommend that, you know, almost yeah. every week. Yeah, we love it. It's the perfect size for us. And we have a smaller bus, too. It's not a short bus, but it's not a big one. It's, like, in between. Yeah. I think it's perfect. I think it's, if I were to have a school bus, I would want your size flat nose. Uh, but, yeah, maybe, Will, maybe you can give us a rundown of what the bus is exactly. And, you know, I don't want to go fully into the conversion process. And if you're <laughs> curious, you can check um, Will and Kristen out on YouTube at Number One Bus. We'll have all this stuff at the end of the call. But um, they have some great videos about how they built it out, where they got it, and, and some of the process. But just give us a sense of where you found it, when you got it home, what the build-out was like, and... You know, if somebody was to do this for themselves, what what they should be prepared for? Yeah, so we definitely did our fair share of looking at buses, everything from Craigslist to um, Facebook to Bus Life. I think we we got this one from Bus Life Adventure. I think is where we found this as a listing. But uh, you definitely got to to try to find the right bus. You want to find one that doesn't have rust and all that. So we went through everything, found the right bus, and it was out in Utah. This was actually formerly a U.S. Air Force bus. So it had all the maintenance records. It was well-kept, um, no rust, everything we were looking for. So that's how we found the bus. It's a 1992 originally, and it's 28 feet long. And then we actually extended the bumper um, and put a motorcycle in the back. So now it's 31 feet. Uh, but, yeah, I mean, we have 24 feet of living space on the inside, about 170 square feet. But we have it all. I mean, we have bathroom, shower, kitchen, workspace, baby area, and a queen-size bed in the back. So. It took us a year and a half to to build out the bus completely. And what was that uh, like as Kristen, you were pregnant and, you know, the due date was approaching. And how did you guys feel about having this big lifestyle change in the midst of the unknowns of bringing your first child into the world? It was, I mean... Well, I obviously stopped helping with the build-out process because they were building in Florida in the middle of summer while I was like five, six months pregnant, so I was not <laughs> not going to be doing that anymore. But I was just super excited because we were downsizing a lot, and so when we made sure I didn't have a baby shower, I told people not to buy a gift, 
and I mean, people don't listen, but we didn't have a lot of baby stuff because I've made it very clear, like, we're moving on to a bus, like, don't get us a lot of baby stuff. And we made it work. It was an exciting time, but we also were in our house for the first six months of Realm's life, so I think that was great because we got that whole adjusting period to be, like, have space and figure out baby sleep and all that fun stuff that comes along with a newborn. <laughs> and yeah, I think it was, it really, I don't know. I don't have anything to compare it to. So it was just my normal at the time and it, it worked out for us. Yeah. I think, you know, when we go through these moments, the last podcast that we just released were a, a family who were, they were building out a Unimog with uh, maybe three and four year olds and working, the guy was a hand surgeon. Renata was studying full time at college. And, you know, I just put myself in my own experience and then think about theirs and think about, you know, yours and just the, the pressure that can kind of build up for trying to complete this project on time. You Maybe it feels like you're paying, you know, you have all these new expenses with the bus, and but you're also still paying rent. And, and then there's a lot of unknowns, whether you're even going to like it, how it's going to work. Um, and then you're bringing a kid on board. It's, it's, you know, there's a lot of stress I could imagine. And, you know, I don't think many people can understand what that feels like unless they've gone through some kind of process like that. Yeah. It's, um, I don't know. I feel like I didn't feel a lot of stress with it, but I was just so ready to like live this list. I've wanted it for like four years. Like I've just been like pushing for it. So I was just ready. If anything, I was like, why is it taking so long to build the pot? <laughs> Finish it up. I think you sound like Sophie. Come on, hurry up guys. Let's just make this happen. Yeah, I know. And then this is how we kind of moved on the bus. The place we were renting got sold. Um, and I think I was telling you this, Colin, when I met you, uh, we had to be out like fast. So we had to bring the bus outside of our house and just try to mass finish it. So Kristen's just hovering over top of us the whole time. Like, all right, is it done yet? Is it done yet? Is it done yet? It's so. out here. <laughs> but yeah, so when we moved, we moved in on April 1st. But yeah, we had a, we actually had a deadline. So that, that made it a little stressful because we knew we had to be in the bus because we didn't have anywhere else to go. You know, we couldn't draw it out and do all the detail, which actually was probably good because then it sped up the process and made us finish it yeah i can tell by your aesthetic and your work and all the time that you put in there will that and Kristen, sorry both of you um mm -hmm. that you want to do things right and and have the time to be able to do it and not necessarily just have a deadline and yeah exactly and that's like and you know i built this the bus out with my dad and that's kind of how my dad's always been is like do it the right way so you don't have to go rework things so that's kind of a, it's good and bad because me and my dad will also spend like two hours on the smallest little detail things. But in the long run, it, uh, it makes the stuff last worthwhile. Absolutely. And there's no better way to test your, your design by, except by taking it out on the road and seeing how quickly it fails. Exactly. That is that is the truth. And that's funny that we were even talking about Meet Cove in Nova Scotia earlier, because the whole time I was thinking, I was like, man, if there's a road to drive on after you build a rig out, this is the one to put everything to the test. I'm, oh, well, I'm glad you survived and I'm glad you got to see it. And so, yeah. Will, that must have been a really cool process to do this project with your dad. What was, can you tell us what that was like? Yeah, I mean, me and my dad have always been really close and, you know, we've built motorcycles and worked on cars and kind of always had projects, per se, um, 
from everything, from woodworking stuff. So this was obviously a big project to take on. And, you know, I would, I've talked about this with him multiple times. Like if we, we, I mean, we spent hundreds of hours on this bus together, just thinking out stuff and a hundred percent of pretty much everything in the bus has to be customized. So you really have to work together, figure out processes. And realistically, like if the bus never actually even moved and we never even lived in it any, you know, after all that work, it would still be worth it, you know, because the time that we got to spend is just priceless together. Um, and I think the hard part for my dad, the thing that he struggled with, which they just came and visited recently, was, um, you know, he was helping us build a bus that was going to take us away from them. Yeah, <laughs> so, and you know, he has the, and he has a new little granddaughter that my parents are both obsessed with. But so I think it was kind of a struggle for him at the end. He, was, I think he was trying to slow down because he was like, "Wait, I'm helping build this unit that's going to take my family away from me." So, yeah. But no, it's been. I mean. It's awesome. I mean, the fact that we got to do that together, I mean... Yeah, I remember meeting both of you for the first time in Georgia, and he said the same thing, that he just felt so honored to be able to spend that time with you, especially later on in life when you you became a dad and, and you maybe your perspective yeah. changes a little bit and you can appreciate what your parents and he's done for you. So that's... Oh, aw- exactly. Yeah, that's awesome. Um, so... Can you tell us a little bit about Rome and and what her, I mean, I imagine she's, you know, kind of talking and walking now, but what, what's it like living on the bus with, with your daughter? It's cool. She's not walking yet, but she is climbing up on everything. I think she'll be walking any day now. And we just celebrated her first birthday in the bus. So that was cool. Um, We moved on to the bus when she was six months old. And so Babies change a lot in that from six months to a year. They go through all these mental milestones, and it's been really fun to, like, show her the world and watch her just kind of take it all in and do all these things that most babies probably don't ever get a chance to do and just see the world through her eyes. It makes makes traveling a lot more interesting, actually, because they just are so curious about everything. And as far as living on the bus with her, I mean, like I said, we don't really have much else to compare it to. We were in the house for six months, and we were downsizing that whole time. So we just are, this is our life, and and we love it, and it works out perfectly for us. And she has got plenty of room. We have a really open floor plan in here, so she has plenty of room to play inside. But we do try to spend a lot of time outside, either letting her crawl around the grass or hiking or um, going on some type of adventure. She's, she's... I really don't think we could have gotten a better baby for this kind of lifestyle because she's great in the car seat and she loves to go hiking and she loves being in her stroller and going to places. So we really hit the jackpot. <laughs> That's awesome. And Kristen, it's, I, I saw you were, I was actually curious about this because um, of Will's workflow a few weeks ago, he was just in Hawaii. So you were, you were alone with Rome for a week. What was that like? Um, so that's not the first time Will has left this year. He's actually been traveling a lot for work this year, which is ironic because, like, last year he's barely traveled at all. Um, but it's not bad when he's not here. The only thing is we're kind of – we have to be in, like – we try to find somewhere safe or, like, that we're not going to have to be worried about someone being like, hey, you can't be here. So we usually get a campground when he leaves or stay at friends and families if we're near them. But this time we weren't near anybody, so we were at a campground in um, upstate New York – 
and there was no service there, which made it really, well, there was barely any service. I had to go up on our rooftop desk thing to get two bars of like crappy service. And I actually still work full time too. So um, that's probably the hardest part when Will is not around because I have to basically try to get all my work done while Rome is napping or sleeping. But um, other than that, I mean, I feel like I'm, I was used to him leaving and me being um, alone with Rome. Like when we lived in the house, he had to travel a couple of times for work and also while I was pregnant. But I think the one of the challenges is if you're not with friends and family, you don't have that help with um, a baby. But I've gone pretty good at just getting it all done by myself, I guess, making it work. Um Killed it. She had to move the bus on this last one, so that was um that was a new thing that she's had to do, and she did a good job. Yeah, yeah. A- and I always felt really safe in the bus, and and like I know everything about how it works, and so it just feels like home. So it just feels like I'm my husband's going on a work trip, and I'm at home. And that's really the most important thing when I fly out of town. That's why I try to schedule everything ahead of time, is because I just want to make sure it, it's worth the money to just have them in a campground and know that they're safe. Because it, it it's one thing to be off grid you know, to leave her off grid somewhere. Cause then that's always going to drive me crazy while I'm traveling. Cause then if something happens, you know, she's got to deal with that. So we just get a campground and she can plug in and it, that way she's safe. I think that's, that's super smart. And we we're together a lot more, so we don't um, spend much time apart, but I would be doing the same thing if I was in, in your guys' shoes. So can you give us a sense of what, um, what life's like on the road? Um, you know, anything from, you know, what your, what your routines are, what works as a family, and then, you know, how you make it happen. I think most people are curious, like, where do you sleep at night? How, how do you do that? Yeah. So we, uh, I mean, we're always, we don't ever know where we're going to stay the next night, unfortunately. We, we're really bad. We don't really plan <laughs> don't... things out in advance. Like right now we have a spot, we're at a friend's house, so but we have to know closely where we're going. Typically, I mean, we we just we'll just kind of wing it per se. Um, I know I we like we know we have to be somewhere typically like a month out, so we'll slowly just make our way. Um, but for places to stay, we use a couple apps like um, iOverlander is a great app that we use. Um, we also are part Harvest Host sometimes because we always like to go to little farmers markets and, and the way Harvest Host works. <laughs> that's that's Rome telling us about how she likes to stay at certain places. So that's kind of, we kind of really just wing it, but we built the bus so we can stay off grid. So, you know, sometimes it's not always pretty. We stay at Walmart, you know, that's a part of life, but Walmarts are great because you can go get stuff late at night if you need to. And, you know, it's kind of just a part of the lifestyle. Um, you know, we like to go plan out state parks and go visit state parks are always cheap places to stay. And uh, they're always good family hikes uh, as well inside there. But that's kind of our... We don't really have a set schedule yeah, on what we're like take like, oh, we want to go to Nova Scotia, so let's get there. And it took six months to get there. So. That'll happen when but. you're in a bus. And then what about work? So we've we've talked a little bit. You guys have alluded to what you do, but can you just um, frame that up and then how that transition has been to manage your workflow on the bus? Yeah, so we actually, um, in the bus, we have, like a permanent Wi-Fi setup, so we actually do have internet all the time. And we, I mean, during the weekdays, and uh, I, I kind of work 24-7, that's just kind of what I do. Um, but for the most part, like, we try to set it up during the week. So we'll work Monday through Friday during the days. We'll find, like, a good spot. And then typically in the afternoons, we'll go 
hike or camp around. Um, but yeah, like I have my desk, Kristen has a desk up front and then we got like a little, you know, we have an area that we've been able to rope off for Rome to play in. She'll make a mess while we work and have a good time. So it's actually been working on the road. Hasn't been a hassle at all. If anything, it's been more convenient. Well, and, and so I am a communications manager and I do um, the internal communications for a second home resort and their social media and stuff also, and then Will. And then I own a creative company uh, as a background for that. I do, like, video production, um, you know, even marketing, hosting online calls and stuff for some corporate companies. So it's all of our work is able, as long as we have good internet, we can really get everything done. That's awesome. I think that's the dream for everyone. So do you have any any tips or advice for people that are sitting there wondering, like, how they can parlay their skill set to be able to work online. Like I, I know everybody's a bit different, but how did you guys feel like you were able to make the jump to be able to work full time remote? Um, I think that it's not an overnight process, so this is something that we slowly transitioned into. But um, I would tell people like, what what are your what's like your hobby? Is there a way that you can make money off of it? Because that's what, what video was for Will. It was a hobby, and then he started slowly figuring out a way to make money off of it. Um, and another thing I always tell people when because people ask me this question, like, do you have any advice how I can do it? We started with this little website called Fiverr.com, and you can sell your services on there, and that's a great way to like build up your confidence and your ability to like sell yourself to people. And you, they do everything on there. You can sell. I used to sell um, pictures. I used to go to Sunrise in the morning when we lived at the beach and write messages in the sand and take a picture of it, and that was like how I started. Like, oh, I can figure out ways to like make money from. There's home. a lot of different <laughs> ways to make money um, from the road for sure. And like Kristen was saying, for for video stuff for me, you know, I worked a full time job and video stuff. I I didn't go to school for it. I went to YouTube University pretty much. You know, I was just watching videos on how to. And to better that, so I would do that stuff late at night after I got off work because I had to put in that extra time to learn. Um, and then kind of just slowly putting the work out there and picking up clients. And then one thing happens, you know, after another, and it ended up becoming a full-time thing. So, like, the part-time job that I was doing ended up becoming, like, a full-time thing. And uh, and it allowed us to be remote and not have to actually go to a 9-to-5, which is obviously the dream, you know. And now having a little girl... And being able to watch her grow up, and we're both here, it's pretty, pretty cool. Absolutely, and I mean, you're clearly very aware of the the difference of what what that may be like if if you weren't here. I mean, you you both would probably have an office, and you know, you you wouldn't have that time together. And has that been a, a really big driver was that a driver for you to I guess we kind of already talked about this you were moving into the bus anyway but has that been like a discovery that you've found so far on the road yeah like we definitely don't want to ever give up this sort of lifestyle so um yeah, I we're, think we're definitely spoiled yeah living living tiny and then like realizing that you don't need all the stuff and you don't have to keep up with the Joneses and you don't need the newest tv and the newest iphone and all that stuff it it definitely helped make this lifestyle more possible because you're not spending all your money um, on things that you don't actually really need. Yeah. And so we we think we'll always, not that we've had this, we'll always be living some kind of tiny. If it's not in a bus, it'll be in 
a boat or container a house. Container That's the next thing. Something like that. <laughs> That's awesome. And doing, do you have any? I saw one of your recent tips uh, videos. Tips for families living on the road. Could uh, almost put some of these links in the show notes, but if a family was thinking about doing it, do you have any tips that you could share of what you've learned on the road in the last six months or so? Um, for me, I would say with a baby, it's know your limits. Like like we are used to, before we had Rome, we would do crazy adventures. We'd go all, all day long and hop over fences and do kinds of crazy things, but with a baby, you just have to know like okay it's not going to be an enjoyable time if we have her skip both of her naps today and we go on this long adventure so we try to like time things accordingly so like oh she just took her first nap so now we can go out and explore for the rest of the day and it'll be enjoyable yeah. for everybody and, and another thing um you know is give each other you're, you are in a tiny space in a tiny space uh so give each other room go do different activities sometimes you know like my one of my things is skateboarding Kristen likes to do yoga so it's kind of it's nice to be able to split that up especially you know as a family everybody still needs to go have some time for themselves and uh that's a big piece for us I think that's that's great advice and I would second that with um (laughs) uh both of those yeah not not taking on too much and um and giving each other time for yourselves. And so what's what's next for you guys? It's um it's coming into the fall. I'd imagine um you know, it's it's that time of year when you start thinking about where you're going to spend your winters. Yeah, so uh obviously we're from Florida, so we don't deal with winter. We don't deal with snow. We are slowly making our way back to the <laughs> south. <laughs> so we're actually for for uh we're gonna follow the leaves pretty much right now and then we're gonna go Florida for the winter. Um kind of just spend some time with friends and family. We're gonna head back to Jacksonville for a little bit. Um then we're gonna go to a show actually in Orlando and then the beginning of twenty twenty we're gonna start to make our way west. Um, and then kind of make the trek all the way up to Alaska for summer of 2020. That sounds awesome. We yeah. were we did that about a, a year ago. We were in Florida in the winter and then made our way west, and, and it's been amazing. Yeah, we, well, we wanted to go straight, you know, beeline out west when we first finished the bus. We're like, hey, let's just take it easy. Let's go up the east coast because we both haven't really, like, gone all the way up, and Nova Scotia was the ultimate goal. So that's kind of we hugged the east coast um, for this the beginning of living on the bus and then so next year we're gonna start heading out west and we'll probably spend most of our time up there after that because we don't really care to hang out too much more on the east coast how how was the east coast i hear a lot of people foreigners we met on the road saying it was terrible i'd never go there again not in terms of like the place itself but just traveling in a large vehicle and trying to do it affordably it's it's not horrible but it's definitely like for Staying places off-grid and all that, it's not really that convenient. Um, there's not a lot of places to boondock on the East Coast as opposed to the West Coast. Um, but but there's a lot of good stuff that we got to see out of it. It's been, what do you think, Kristen? What do you... Well, it's been nice, but it's definitely, I I think the West Coast is probably going to be a lot better of an experience for this kind of lifestyle, just because there is that more of the public lands and the very scenic landscapes and the kind of stuff that you, you dream about experiencing when you live in a bus. Like, I'm glad we went to Nova Scotia because 
it was beautiful there, and that's kind of like what I imagine the West Coast will be like. Yeah, and that was like, um, and you know, the thing on the East Coast, I guess this is the biggest thing, is weather is always kind of crazy on the East Coast. You know, one day it's 80 degrees, and the next day it's like freezing. Um, so that's kind of hard in a bus sometimes because you're trying to plan out. You know, we're we're always trying to stay and follow 70 degrees and sunny. So, um, you know, West Coast or the East Coast is always kind of. A little bit crazy with the weather, no matter where you're at on the East Coast. Yeah, yeah, it's a um, it's a challenge that you wouldn't expect when all of a sudden, like, I think we had maybe one or two days of rain in the last three months, and then all of a sudden we've been in Bend, Oregon, and it's it's kind of like the fall and the weather has turned, and we've had five days of rain. Fortunately, our friends are looking after us here and putting us up in a home, which has been really nice, but... Uh, yeah, when uh, that when you're dealing with rain or snow, we were dealing with snow in the winter because we wanted to, chasing a little bit of snow. But it can be really uncomfortable, especially when you have a little one that, um, you know, you live mostly an outside lifestyle and, and you don't appreciate how much the weather dictates what you can do. So true. So true. And ob- like you were saying with the little one, too, obviously, that's our main focus. So, you know, we'll figure it out to make sure that she's comfortable, you know, and it's, it's just finding the right conditions. Yeah. So that's why at least coming out west will be a little nicer. <laughs> I'm excited for you guys. It's I I done a lot of traveling out here in you know in another life, and I didn't really take the time to slow down and see everything. And you know just with your guys' travel style and and what you're able to capture and share on your videos, y'all have just such a blast out here. And there's just endless places to check out it's it's you could spend a lifetime driving around out here and never get bored oh man yeah i'm excited and we'll have to get some good references from you on some some hot spots that we'll have to go visit for sure yeah i would i i don't even know north of vancouver island we had such a blast out there but i'd say going to alaska is going to be awesome yeah yeah we're excited cool well is there anything else that we didn't cover that you'd like to share i mean you know, I think one thing that we always struggle with is, you know, people kind of thinking that because you live in this bus or on the road, it's a vacation. Um, you know, do you do you find do you find that at all people's perspective or, you know, what what would you like to share if, if somebody had seen some of your YouTubes and and like, well, definitely you're going to run into, especially if you're putting your adventures on the Internet, you're going to run into um, some Internet trolls who either say you're like a trust fund baby or you're homeless or I don't know. They're just miserable people trapped in their very mundane life and their joy is to make you think that you're crazy for living in a bus or that you're doing something wrong because you're actually enjoying your life. And my advice is just ignore those people and try not to read the negative comments or even listen to them. If you're, if this is what you really want to do, do it. And if your parents, are telling you you're crazy or you're wasting your life, ignore them because they come from a different generation where you go to work and you stay for retirement. And then after you retire, then you get to actually enjoy your life. And we've met so many people who are like, man, I wish that I wouldn't have done it like that because when you're 60, 70 years old, you can't really enjoy things the way that you can when you're in your early 20s. Yeah. Lady. Really what that guy say to us at the gas station the other day? Uh, you guys are too young to know you can't do this. Yeah. <laughs> or something like that. But, I, like, that's one of the things. If you, if you want to do it, just make it happen. 
for anybody out there because if you just commit to it, just follow through and uh and experiences are better than anything by far because you'll remember those experiences and you learn a lot from that. So And do you think pushing through this as a you know, a challenge. I mean, I can tell you building out a bus and doing it with kids is not like for the faint of heart. And do you think well, this has helped you to push through any kind of boundaries you might have had on yourselves to be able to take on more and dream bigger and, and feel like, you know, you're you're choosing the way you want to live your life and, and where it's heading? <laughs> Yeah, definitely. I think now that we've done this, I believe that we can do anything. Like we have some more kind of crazy ideas for the future and they don't really even feel that crazy to us anymore because it's just like we live in a bus and we're traveling country full time with a baby and a dog. Like we can do anything that we put our mind to. And Kristen, would you have felt like that before you got on the bus? I think that I would have believed. I'm more of the, what do you call me? (laughs) The dreamer? I'm also, yeah, I'm the dreamer and Will's the realist. Like, that's for sure. He's always telling. So I think he's if like, anything, oh, just put a wall up right yeah. there. I'm like, oh, that's a lot more than just putting a wall up. I think thought. if anything, it's helped Will be able to realize that things are more possible than you think you, you are. Like you, that you don't have to put up metaphorical walls on everything that seems crazy just because you were like grown up and society told you that it wasn't the way things were done. I think that's great. Would would you agree with that, Will? Oh, yeah. Without a doubt. I mean, Kristen's been, you know, she is the dreamer and I'm the realist. But at the same time, she's really helped me take the extra plunge, you know, like from doing this. She was the one that actually helped push me to start, you know, doing video stuff for a living. She's the one that, that helped with that. So without a doubt, you know, this is this has been awesome and it's pushed us to the the next level. That's awesome to hear. And and I think that, um, you know, a lot of people that might be listening to this are hopefully on the edge of, of some big decision in their life. And, and, you know, they probably have kids and it's really fucking hard to do it. And part of this show is to just listen to people like yourselves to say, hey, we did this. It was really hard, but like now we feel like we can do anything. And and I think that's my whole goal for the Rewilding po- Parenthood podcast is that people can get out of the uh, confines that they put around themselves because it's so hard in thinking that they're limited because of the norms that our society places on on us and and especially as families. And, and so I'm glad to hear that this was a realization for you all from the lifestyle that you're living. Yeah. So true. I agree with you 100% on what you just said. So mm-hmm. that, that is really, you know, getting out of the norm. It's, it's all this is totally possible. Yeah, you only get one life. So make sure you're doing what you want to do. <laughs> Not what society tells you to do. Exactly. Um, all right, guys. Well, I, I appreciate your time so much. If, if you wanted to send anybody anywhere online, where could we, where could we follow your journeys? So um, on all of our social platforms, we're, we're mainly on Instagram and YouTube. Um, we post stuff on YouTube weekly, but it's at number one bus, and one is J-U-A-N. So at number one bus on all those platforms. And we love, we have a handful of people that reach out to us on a daily basis about, you know, families and whatnot. 
we love trying to answer questions and you know try to make it possible for them to do the same thing. Yeah, their their videos are amazing and super inspirational and really informing. So um, I'm speaking to the audience here, but I should be speaking to you. Your your videos are thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Uh, we're we're super impressed, and we're actually we we just made a little video last night, so we were checking out your guys' work and um and yeah, it's great. It's like it makes. It just makes everything feel so much so fun and like and real, you know, and and I think that's um, that's hard to capture in a way. So I'm I'm always impressed when I see a new video and how well you've doc- captured, you know, everything that goes into living on the road. Thank you. Yeah, I appreciate that. Yeah, we uh, we try to document it all. So it'll be fun to watch in the future. <laughs> cool, guys. Well, thank you so much for your time. And um we look forward to crossing paths somewhere sometime in the future yeah we're excited we're definitely going to do it we're going to have a good time and we'll have to meet you uh in mexico Mexico. (laughs) (laughs) we are planning to stay for six months in this little town so if you guys seriously if you're like let's take a break from the bus like we're hoping to rent a house and probably airbnb the bus to hopefully pay for the house that we want to stay in um yeah so yeah, it'll be we'll be there. So come on down. We are so about it. We love it, and we love Mexico. Um, we are, I go down to uh, Leon in Guanajuato like once a year, maybe sometimes twice a year to go um, work with some of the orphanages down there. But that's pretty cool. It's just such a cool area. I just love Mexico in general. Yeah, we're so excited. Well, sweet. We'll tell the family we said hello, and uh, yeah, we'll just stay in touch. Okay, cool. Thanks, guys. Have a great day. Be safe. Ciao. That was episode three of Families on the Road, our fourth season of the Rewilding Parenthood podcast. Number One Bus can be found on Instagram and YouTube. I definitely recommend checking out their YouTube stuff. They do an incredible job putting these videos together and sharing the details of their life and all the tricks and tips they've learned along the way. So hopefully you don't have to make the same mistakes they did. But if you're anything like me, you can watch all the YouTube videos you want and you'll still make those same mistakes. Uh, But hopefully you're a bit smarter than I am. Anyways, uh, thank you, Will and Kristen. Check those guys out online. Next week, we are going to have a dream worth chasing. These folks, they cashed it all in for a year on the road in their RV, traveling around Northern Europe and continental Europe as well. So super fun story. They were only on the road for a year, but I think they really, really enjoyed it. They also talk a lot about their transition into it and what it's been like to just get a taste of that freedom and how it could affect their lifestyles moving forward. So make sure you come back next week to check that out. In the meantime, if you like what you hear, as always, please consider leaving us a review or a rating on Apple Podcasts. That really helps us out to reach new ears out there in this time when people are, you know, maybe looking for a new point of view on this crazy world that we live in. Rewilding Parenthood has sound and editing by Mercedes Riva, and the music is by Tomas Tyrell. 
And last, feel free to follow us over on Instagram or YouTube or wherever you, I'm sure you're already following us if you're listening to this podcast, but please subscribe and uh, yeah, check us out at Afuera Vida um, if you want to learn some more about each of our guests and see some of their photos. Most of them all take, you know, stunning photography. So have a great week, everyone. I hope to have you back next week for the next episode. Thank you so much. Adios.